0: What if you could learn from physical product entrepreneurs that have risen up from the trenches to dominating their market by creating successful physical product brands? Well, this podcast is hosted by me, Conway Campbell, and it's about breaking the mold to becoming a smarter, savvier, and better product entrepreneur. You'll discover how to take physical products from concept through launch and to scaling up from physical product entrepreneurs who've taken their revolutionary ideas to 1 million, 10 million, and 50 million plus in revenue businesses. You'll also join me in my journey to build a million dollar physical product brand business in a year, where we both will learn about crowdfunding, selling to retail chains, launching through marketplaces like Amazon, strategic partnerships publicity celebrity endorsements and selling direct to consumers so if you're creating or building a brand in the consumer package good space in fashion and apparel business products or any physical product niche listen in because we have you covered join the fast track to physical product business success this is the physical product business podcast i'm Kune campbell let's get rolling with retail moving online, finding a good domain name has become ever so important. But the challenge is that most decent.com .com addresses are either difficult to acquire or unavailable. The good news is that retailers now have a powerful alternative with the .store domain name. A .store domain name will be short, relevant, and directly associate your site with e-commerce and retail. Search engines give .store domains the equal attention and importance as .com TLDs. .store domains have already been adapted by top brands such as Emirates. So if you check out Emirates.store, you get to a store there. Jimi Hendrix or Jimi and F1 Formula 1, F1.store. If you want a short and snappy domain name for your retail brand or your online store, you can now get a .store domain for just £4.99, which is about $6.99, using the coupon code 2XSTORE. That's 2 2x s t o r e on get.store just go to get.store in your search engines and use 2x store this episode is brought to you by clavio it is a game-changing email automation tool specifically built for scaling e-commerce businesses. I'm not just saying it. I use Klaviyo in my e-commerce store and in stores I advise for. Household names in the e-commerce space such as In, Bonobos and Chubbies use Klaviyo. Here's why. Klaviyo has one of the most impressive feature sets in the e-commerce email personalization space at the moment. Besides the one-click setup, Clavio's pixel tracks visitor behavior to help you set up highly effective custom email funnels. Clavio also offers pre-built autoresponders for cart abandonment, upsells, and win-back campaigns. Clavio's most game-changing feature is its Facebook audience's integration, which helps your email list to sync up with your Facebook ad campaigns. So, as you continue to scale up your store, Klaviyo will help automate a lot more sales. Try Clavio today on Clavio.com. spelt K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Hi guys, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. This is the sister show with the physical product business podcast show. And um, on this episode, is quite special. Um, if for our regular listeners back in episode two of the physical product business podcast, I had a... Uh, Chap by the name of Scott Gabrielson, who was a founder of Oliver Cable, one of the most downloaded episodes on um, in this show. Um, a lot of you found. What he said quite interesting, his perspective, his fresh perspective on transparent pricing in e-commerce, in retail, um, you know, quite refreshing. And uh, for some reason, I'm seeing loads and I've been seeing, and I still see loads and loads of downloads of that particular episode. Well, um, he has news for us on this episode not only that um the company his company oliver cable is progressing quite nicely um better than where he was the last time even with the success he had you know um you know managed to to garner at the time and on today's episode i have him again this is actually my first um repeat <laughs> um guest on on the show and i'm really super excited to, to have scott on the show welcome scott Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, before we start, what have you been up to? It's quite an open-ended question. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things, um, primarily two things. One is that we just closed a, a pretty substantial round of financing of $1.2 million. US well, congratulations. Well. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, and secondly is that we are expanding categories for moving into footwear. Uh, Okay. Okay. So you started out with with bags predominantly at the time and then you did a few duffel bags do. you never did suit you never went into the suitcases It was more, you know, um small bags and you know um well um yeah travel bags. Is is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Okay. Um where do we start? Um I have been following you, you know, I've been following the brand. I'm part of your email list. Um, I follow you on um, Instagram. I see all of the clever marketing you 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 know you've been um, you've been involved in, and um, I would like to, to ask why shoes? Why didn't you go into suitcases um, like Away? And I think there's an ex Wabi Parker um, exec who founded um, away.com and you know they just do suitcases up against um samsonite so so why shoes why why not um suitcases
1: We do primarily respect production in Europe. That's where our sort of
0: knowledge base has been based. That is not where high-end suitcases are made. Mm-hmm. There's really three factories in the world that are making those. They're all primarily based
1: in Asia, um, which is fine. And they're they're great quality and everything else. But it just kind of goes against you know, what
0: we know of European production, European sourcing, mm-hmm. sourcing in the West. We were going to go
1: into suitcases. It's a completely new set of products and challenges everything
0: else. Um, and it didn't feel sort of so with, with footwear, all our things in this, this
1: area of Italy, um, is in the, it's in the Marche region, it's near the Adriatic Sea, and this is probably the most famous place in the world that, that really high end footwear is being So right when we started uh, producing bags and, and understanding who the factories or everything else, um, we were seeing some of our favorite brands of footwear being produced there, and we really got to understand what that meant, what the production looked like, and what the manufacturing looked like, just being
0: so close to it. Um, we've spent a lot of time understanding leather and, mm-hmm. uh, and how to source the best. Um and this is really well translated into, into footwear as well. So, uh, we
1: often saw a lot of these brands that uh, were producing both these categories um, as sort of complements to each other. Uh, for us, they were interesting for a variety of reasons, purely the product side of things. Uh, they both can be unisex. Uh, they mm-hmm. both really are complex and high-quality production, which we're familiar with, uh, and they also had very different elements uh, that were very, very different from what we're currently doing. So there was different sizing, uh, but there was also um, the fact that it was an accessory that was commanding a lot of uh, discretionary impact on customers. So mm-hmm. with our bags, for instance, um, most of our customer bags are having these, these items are, and are you know, using them when they're traveling, and they're using them... For 10 to 15 years as the house, right? That's the only But we've got With footwear, it's very, very different. This is something that people use in their everyday lives. Um, and this is something that people often purchase a lot of. It. they might be a collector or they might just be really inter shoes, if you will. So we found that very complimentary. Uh, it also allowed us to you know, really release really a lot more product than the kind of what we were previously doing,
0: um, just given the fact that this is a category. Yeah. And, and having new iterations on the product like and yeah. so, we, we so. so so um two questions just digging deep into shoes um what kind of shoes are you going to be releasing to the market and what kind of price point um are you still tapping into your customer base who is your customer
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, you know, often in larger metropolitan cities, but that's not what separates them. It's really the focus for our customers is understanding who they're,
0: who, what products they're buying, and who they're buying them from. Okay. And I think that was in the first episode something we discussed quite a bit is mm-hmm. just storytelling and, and telling about what your brand means beyond just what the product is. Hmm. in your story um, mm. and that translates to ages we have customers in all ages and, and really all different models as well okay. um, but it's really a mentality that we've seen that okay. and then what kind of shoes are you going into? are you going to be manufacturing? we'll be releasing our initial questions going to be sneakers so we're going to have a very okay. similar styling, design, aesthetic masculine or fem- feminine? Uh, both both, okay Unisex. With, um, new cater to each as well. Okay. Um, and we'll be releasing a bit of more
1: formal footwear, but we have found sneakers to be, um, you know, high end, high quality sneakers is something that's starting to translate more into people's wardrobes. Mm. Used to. People
0: are wearing them to work. People are wearing them out. It's not just about being very formal and wearing a suit and okay. tie. We're wearing dress pants and dress shoes. So it's that lifestyle. when they. Almost like they carry a bag. Most of the time, when they carry a bag, they're they're going somewhere, um, not necessarily to work. So, um, would it complement, um, you know, that, um, you know, that that, yeah, would it complement, um, yeah, that? Well, not well. Would you would you just complement the bags while they're you know using the bags? Are you? Suitcases or, uh, suitcases or briefcases, or briefcases yeah. Uh, so, our, our, our
1: bags are a bit less formal. But we also found that sneakers are just a lot more interesting. There's a lot more you can do on the design side. There's a lot more you can do on the silhouette side, um, changing with outsoles and textures and the rest. It's much harder to have that sort of invention on the. uh and
0: creativity on the formal shoe side. So there's a few very core silhouettes and a few very core colors. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's, that's kind of the Yeah, there's there's a lot more flexibility in design, you know, in the, in the sneaker space. Um, yeah, true. Very, very true. What about your price points? What price point are you looking um, at for your footwear, for for the sneakers? Okay. Um, so that translates into pounds like, like one twenty to one fifty Uh, uh yeah, w- <laughs> with a Brexit uh, I I would I'd say you know, slightly more, like one forty, one fifty. 150. Sure. It's ridiculous. We're about most value, so okay. We want to make the most the highest quality product we can, but still Okay. Are they going to be still made in Italy? Um and Are they going to be European made or um
1: Okay. Once we really labeled down the, the few countries that we're most interested in France, Italy, Portugal, Spain um, we then sought up who can make the best shoe for us at the price point, especially that we offer offering. So for us, Italy has been an incredible place, place to produce there. Um There are things that are challenging about producing that we were able to, to sort of mitigate with a factory that we found in Spain. Okay. Um,
0: Production side is easier for us to the okay, so so you're 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 really in the premium you know end of things. Are you is is, is your target to make the shoes collectibles? You know, in, in a sense, because if you're doing sneakers, um, and you look at brands, you know, such as we, we were we were talking earlier, such as Supreme, um, they. As much as you know, um, various subcultures use, you know, um, wear them on a regular basis. Um, you know, some people are actually keeping them because of their intrinsic value. You know, over time. Um, so, so is, is that if is is that the plan um, to to potentially take you know a few of your collections to to eventually become um, to to make it to the sneakers Hall of Fame, more or less. we want our customers to wear them to enjoy them to
1: have you know, great experiences you have. Um, shoes are one of the most important things that you wear you know, from a house standpoint from an identity standpoint um, it, just, it says a lot about you we want to produce things that say a lot about you we don't want to have a shoebox in your closet and everywhere. Um with that said you know, we are producing a lot of different styles over the next year and we're going to be doing a Some things that will never be replenished. So if there's a certain styling or collaboration that's most interesting and it gets a lot of hype and interest, um, perhaps it will become something that is coveted or the rest. We're not going into that with that intent. We're going into it with the intent of if we're working with a certain partner or we're building a certain style. It's only because we think it's going to be the most interesting to our customer and nothing else. There's okay. nothing about we don't take a
0: customer based on there's a lot of hype around this brand. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't work perfectly with us, but we know that we can get a lot of hype around it. That's not how we make decisions for you. Okay. Before we get into your investor, because, um, you know, 1.2 million for a physical products, you know, business is, is quite substantial given your age. Um I'd like to talk about um, what your marketing plans are. This is quite unique. Um, it's it's a luxury sneaker brand, a sn- luxury footwear sub brand under you know Oliver Cable. You've you've got a lot of lots of brand equity up until now. Um, how do you intend um, positioning um, the the new footwear brand, Oliver Cable? Um, are you going to do? You intend using celebrities? Is it still going to be social? Um, you're going to be working with influencers um you know these are things people wear every day what's your target um repeat um your 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 targets repeat business numbers in terms of um you know how many returning customers do you are you looking for and in what what kind of window
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we hope that we'll be, intri- we'll be introducing enough styles, but there will be things that are really interesting to our customers that they do want to repeat and are really interested in what we're doing. Um, from a, a, a sort of positioning side of things, um, we do not find celebrities to be a great way to build a lot of brand equity as it really relies on... often seen celebrities, you know, people are people, and things happen, um, and, you know, we don't want to rely our equity on someone else's actions and the rest. So, we find it much more interesting to work with, um, you can call them influencers, but there's really anyone who sort of has a megaphone in their sort of industry or specific area of expertise. This could be um, designers, to certain creatives, to photographers, to illustrators, and the rest we find working with them to be much more interesting um, for a variety of reasons. One is the fact that uh, their engagement usually is is much higher, uh, but they also have a very authentic voice. Mm. Um, They do not just take product because they're getting paid a lot to do it. Mm. Um, A lot of times they already have, you know, let's say they're a photographer. They have a a full-time position. This is not, you know, they have a great Instagram following. It's not because they take big, um, you know, they work with big brands and take big ball of dollars from mm. them. Um, it's because they're, either their imagery is great or the way that they tell their story is very unique. You find mm. working with them to be much, one, much more interesting. Um, it allows us to work with a lot more people. And it's also, you know, people that we can associate with and just not this sort of bureaucratic way of working with them. Or if you're going through um, reps and agencies or reps, it's, it's it can
0: be a little <laughs> I see what you mean I see what you mean I see what you mean um, so would w- they pretty much pretty much um, hang out on in Instagram is, is that the plan are you looking beyond Instagram to, to other channels so from a promotional
1: side of thing you know we still rely on three things um, one is press so we use them to tell our
0: story yeah you're heavy on press yep we do that through editors um, secondly is
1: social that's where we spend a lot of energy, uh, is, is telling our story through social channels, just knowing how much time people are spending on them, um, how interested they are in exploring and learning new things. Um, and, and, and thirdly, is, is really you know through our email list and, and, and going through the communication channels that we currently already have. So email's been a big thing for us. Um, I can't stress the importance of it. It really is an opportunity to command um, you know, even if it is only fifteen seconds, it's someone's direct time. They're not one step away from the next photo. They actually have to open up whatever you sent them and they're reading exactly
0: whatever you showed them or sent to them. Yeah, I'm a subscriber to your email. Um, in your opinion, what are the biggest tips to listeners listening around email marketing to, to getting it right? You, you, you you've made mistakes and you've seen successes.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone has seen the emails that are incredibly heavy with text and tons of imagery, and it's just it's just way too much information. It's just overwhelming, you just don't want to read it. So for us, we want to be very clear with what the message is in the email, make it very straightforward and very simplistic. Um, and with that comes a lot of, it's, it's, you know, you can have your design. Your email be much more beautifully designed. You don't need to rely on as much, um, you know, Copywriting and
0: the rest, it just makes things much more interesting. You can give them a glimpse into what message you're trying to say and mm-hmm. direct them to at the end of the goal of the website. Um, that's where you want them to spend more time. Okay. We want them to spend more time. We want them to spend more time on the website actually. Absolutely. Okay, let's go back to to the shoes and because I, I find it very interesting. You've got 1.2 million dollars of cash and um, you need to spend it quite efficiently, you know, probably... Getting the right, um, well, human resources, the products, inventory, making sure you're fully stocked over the next, you know, a couple of years, and you know, um, you're investing probably also in marketing. I I suppose that's probably how you you'd spend the money. Um, What's your product launch strategy um, for for the sneakers? How how do you intend to, yeah, what kind of lines do to intend to, to to launch and when?
1: Okay. Social, email, and uh, press. Uh, so that is, you know, for us a, a very important way to make sure people know when you launch a collection that it's live and that they're interested in it, and it's the hype has been built for it. Um, on the email side of it, what we've done is that we'll be releasing uh, in early October an a, a email to
0: our, our audience of now nearly two hundred thousand. Uh, wow.
1: They can do to be a part of it, and so what we did was we built in a essentially a referral program, if you will. And mm-hmm. what that does is with this email, you click into um, you click on a link, and it and brings you to part of our site. And within that site, gives you again a, a brief description on what we're doing, and it also sort of incentivizes you to help spread the word. On what we're
0: doing. So there's a variety of sorts of rewards that you can get. Then you can get an actual sneak peek and see what the questions are going to look like. If you refer a few more people, you get early access to the product. If you refer more than that, you actually get discounted products. And the reason for this is that when we found you know important, we want to
1: continue telling our story. Mm -hmm. Um, And we want people to to, that have this sort of insight or information to be able to tell people that they think would be interested about it and be rewarded for telling people. Um, so those are the reasons that we really built that in. Um, from a sort of promotional side post-launch, what we're doing is a sort of unique um, way that we're going to be releasing the style. So the fact that we do not sell through wholesale, um, and we do not work on a seasonal basis, we need to think about how we want to release new styles of new products. And what we decided
0: to do is we're actually going to be releasing new styles every single week. All right. And with that, a lot in product, tell a, a, a mm. story, often go back to our customers and, and have something fresh and new for them to see uh, from a, a business side of things. Um, it allows us to really mitigate the risk that comes with inventory. Yeah. The
1: challenge is when you're working with factories, I'm sure a lot of you know, people that are
0: listening have come with this, there's minimums that are needed. Mm. Um, perhaps it's not on a style role or a color side of things, but it's a... a Production product. role. Mm. Yeah. You know
1: it's a
0: yeah it's a very agile approach to 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 supply chain management and e-commerce in general um and because you're direct to consumer you can afford to to do it you know um you know traditionally you with a wholesale model you know given the fact that it's wholesale you n- you need a big chunk you need to invest a big chunk anyway to to give your distributors or um you know your your, your sales partners and then you know but with this it's so agile in the sense that you you drip feed in getting feedback and then that could lead on to 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 manufacturing more exactly. Is that right There's two other parts that are Mm. Um product will be often sold out but it mm. sort of incentivizes our customers or potential customers so yeah. come in and, and really follow the brand and, yeah. and follow what we're doing because they know it you know if they purchase a, a certain style they might never have the chance no, I'm, I'm keen to to, to, to watch the market and how you, you go the execution of all this because it sounds very 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 interesting because um, you're kind of taking a software approach you know to, to this you know um, um, with with this agile, you know, um, approach to to, to, to to web development or you know to, to software building, you you, you 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 build things in chunks, you know, in small small chunks, you know, for to, a to, to big um, for a big project, rather than you know taking a big bang waterfall approach. So it'd be very 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 interesting to see the execution.
1: They're used to traditional brands
0: producing on a seasonal side of things,
1: Mm. so they're busy for certain parts of the year, but very slow during other parts of the year. Mm. Working with us, they're essentially producing all year round, every single week for us. It allows Mm. them to constantly be working and keeping everyone busy and everything else, which again helps.
0: It helps them, which helps us as well. You know, we have um, negotiating power. We can have our terms. We can sort of test more things that we wouldn't traditionally do okay and you're going to be it's going to be transparent pricing. also you're going to reveal you know the, the 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 pricing model for for every oh well super okay let's um talk about your how you raised um you know the the, the cash or the money to, to 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 fund this strategy the strategy is solid so i i presume it might not have been that difficult to to convince, you know, um, potential investors, um, but, but what what did it look like, um, you know, looking for investors? Yeah, it was, uh, it was very abnormal, if you will. So
1: when we went live, um, we were approached uh, a few months later by an investor, or actually not an investor, an entrepreneur, but a very wealthy one, uh, who had built a, a billion-dollar technology company. Um, wow. Well.
0: something that has an so yeah. we were by this um, how did he find out about you? Uh, he read an article about like, <laughs> the press <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so powerful uh, and your story too you know it's not just the press don't give it just to the press but the story is very compelling on both sides um, on, on the business side and the consumer side
1: he had started his company 20 years ago. He owned I think 100% equity of his company and mm. had a nearly billion dollar exit. Um, so he knew the power of, of that sort of mentality and, and having that sort of approach on things. Um, and for that reason, he was very much interested an what in were Jane. And he actually ended up funding the entire round well. because of that. And we were very really excited to have him do so for a variety of reasons. One was the fact that um, I got to know him incredibly well. Uh, I very much trusted him both from a business side of things but also from a personal side of things. Um, I think that is one thing that I, I really want to stress is that, you know, with either business partners or you know, potential investors of the rest, mm-hmm. these are people that you're going to be working with for a very long time. So mm-hmm. making sure that you understand what their values are and what their goals are for the company mm-hmm. it is, you know, it's something that's. That can be overlooked when someone's handing you a, a, a big check, but it's something that, um, you know, once you're sort of working together and, and you, know, you
0: have to send them certain documents to the rest, you want to make sure that their mentality is the same as yours. So mm-hmm. um, with that, you know, we had a lot of
1: conversations, and, and as I said, he ended up funding the entire round. Um, and it was with this mentality that we want to build something that's long-standing. This isn't something that, that's short-term. and... We're
0: going to invest into product primarily, but also into you know, continually telling our story and going to our team as well. Okay, is he, is he doing it through, um, an investment, through, through an investment entity, or is he doing it by, by the name? What's his name, and, or is he doing it personally? He's, he's doing it personally. His name is Michael Chambers. Michael Chambers, okay. Is he gonna be active in Oliver Cable?
1: Uh he's very active from a strategy side of things. Mm. So you know, he has hired thousands of employees. He's worked through HR, he's worked through uh, accounting and finance and uh, a lot of these things that no matter what the strat what the industry is, there are these common business things that um you know, to be frank, I need help with and he's there to help me
0: and, and work with me through those those elements. So, okay he's not a fashion expert or, a, or a, um, an e-commerce expert but um, that's not why we brought him no. so we have people are willing to you know we found having mentors incredibly important mm. and we work with
1: people on a daily basis that are building their brands they are founders and CEOs of companies that we really love and respect like a way that you mentioned earlier, mm. or a way that I mentioned mm. these are the people we really want to get advice from mm. Mm. From a, a, a more of a
0: general business side of things, so that's where we'd be Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. Um, this is a hard question. You don't have to answer it or not. Um what kind of equity are you letting go of Yeah, so it's in a it's a minority equity stake. so okay. he is not gonna leave into Okay. Uh, it's very much in of, of in okay. Sounds good. It's, it sounds to me like it, rather than a round of funding, this sounds, he sounds more to me like a co-founder, but, you know, with you controlling and, you know, running, you know, everything on a day-to-day basis, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it, it very much so does. You know, when I was working in the inventor um, capital before I went to business school, mm-hmm. um, there was a, a very specific approach that most of these funds take to investing in
1: startups. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, mm, mm. very 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 interesting Um, another question um, I had um, had to do with I forget but um, yeah um, with him and you with regards to yes um, you your plans to make an Oliver Cable a billion dollar company Yes. Uh, are you looking to build? Exactly. What well, how ambitious are you looking? How ambitious is this venture? So in in terms of, I, I don't think size is ever a uh, sort of revenue strategy. Yeah. It's not the goal.
1: Okay. If, the not, if, if that was the goal, you'd be taking things in a very different approach. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. There was a result of that, perhaps, maybe you could But that is not the onset the goal. It's the value, yeah, first. And, 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 you know, we don't have investors where that is their goal. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of heavily dimensional companies going through that an approach and that's not sort of the the, the approach that we're we Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um yeah, I think I think that, that it's it's really interesting, um, with what you've done thus far and um your foray into into in, into footwear um, I'm really keen to, as I said earlier, I'm really, really keen to see the execution with regards to um, the drip feed, you know, approach. Um, I reckon it's going to um, make it more exclusive. There's going to be a sense of scarcity, um, and you know, people would be looking forward, you know, um, to, to to seeing, you know, the new designs, especially when um, the the first few designs were a very fresh and interesting. So I'm, I'm really keen to, to, to see to to see, see see it in, you know, come November. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think, you know,
1: we, we do not want to separate people based on it. We don't want to make things that are exclusive.
0: We mm-hmm. want to make things that are really interesting, and that people mm-hmm. are interested in. We're not, you know, exclusively exclusivity was the goal, perhaps we'd price things much higher. Mm-hmm.
1: It. Uh, but that is not, the I mean, honestly, that is not
0: the would, would you be accessible as like a brand tom's like the brand tom's tom shoes to
1: 40 US oh they are okay
0: yeah,
1: they're,
0: they're Cheap. Much um, we are for US okay so, Um,
1: just, just purely because of that factor. But um, and we also, you know, cost goes through retail. We
0: do not go through retailers. We want to control our message, control our brands, do it all through our own channel Yeah. It reminds you know, me. You know, the, the yeah. Direct to consumer. Um, like Gymshark in the UK, they're, they're a fast growing um, active wear company and. Every single transaction goes through their website. Every single transaction goes through their Shopify website. Nowhere else. It's amazing, and that discipline to to not get tempted. You know, a lot of people will come knocking at the door. You know, giving you offers. You can. You should not refuse. You know, if liquidity is an issue, and you know, you just refuse. Totally refuse.
1: Mm-hmm. When you start selling through XYZ retailer with a clerk who's completely underpaid and is not incentivized to tell your story as authentic as it should be, yep. um, it's not gonna turn out the way you want it to. Yep. And you know, you look at example after example, people that can control their messaging and their brand and really have their arms around what their brand means and let their customers sort of also flush that out with them. You
0: don't have to rely on another retailer to make sure that their plan is not Yeah. That would be an issue. Yeah. It's almost like Apple. Um, almost. Uh, they, they control, I'd say, like, you know, 90 well, 70 to 90% of their, their entire you know, supply chain is direct to consumer. I might be wrong. And, yeah, you know. No, I think Apple's actually a great example. Yeah. It's, it's the same. They're being funded with the same approach. So yeah. Yeah. Seen very, very few yeah. They know that once you see Apple um, they're not gonna have the same sort of cliché and the same sort of uh, Yeah. Um, you know, thoughts on people they're, they're brand new for the mission. Yeah. And 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 the philosophy actually filters through their products, you know, um it's it's not just a supply chain, it's what the iPhone is all about. It's what a MacBook Pro is all about. Um, it's just that singular message of solidity, really, just something solid and control, control all through. Okay, I mean, Scott, we could go on and on and on and on. It's you know been a pleasure having you again. And as I said, I'm really looking forward to November. And congratulations, <laughs> congratulations. I, I i'm, I'm up call consider that um consider it a yes please. I will love to, to catch up you know um you know months ahead so we can get feedback from you <laughs> okay all right cheers thank you so much okay bye